Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot at what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. If you're loving what you're hearing on the podcast, go out and tell two friends today. Show them how easy it is to subscribe to the show. Real Estate Espresso Podcast is available on more than 20 different platforms. And wherever you listen to podcasts, you're sure to find the Real Estate Espresso Podcast. Go out and tell two friends today. Spread the love around. And why keep all this goodness to yourself? On today's show, we're talking about a couple of very specific things you can do as an investor or developer to save money in your construction projects. If you're going to save money, you're going to need to be willing to make decisions. But often, the people on your team are not offering up the suggestions with which to make those decisions. And if you don't know what to look for, you need to become knowledgeable on the material substitutions that make sense and the materials that are in short supply or just highly priced. We have several construction projects underway and there's a distinct shortage of supply for roofing trusses and floor trusses. And if you're involved in wood frame construction, there's a few choices of the types of products you can use. We know of several truss manufacturers that are not accepting orders or even accepting new customers until well into next year. When you're pricing lumber, you certainly want to negotiate and you certainly want to shop around. But if the structural design is not optimized, you can end up spending a huge and unnecessary premium. For example, if you're designing a house, it's lovely to have big rooms. We see many homes designed with 10 to 12 feet in the dining room. Often just adding an extra foot of width to make 13 feet makes the room feel much more comfortable. 18 to 20 feet in a living room is a lovely dimension. Depending on the framing of the house, you can spend a lot on lumber if those spans are too large. Not only that, you'll find that the floors tend to bounce and flex underfoot when the rooms become too large. So when you're designing your floor framing, you've got three principal choices that you can use for your floor trusses. These are trusses, floor joists, and dimensional lumber. A floor truss is just what it sounds like. It's the traditional web truss with lots of diagonal and vertical members that provide the structural rigidity. Trusses are lovely to build with because you can run the ducting in both directions through the trusses. You don't need to box under the floor for your ducting. With a joist or dimensional lumber, you can only run the ducting between the joists, and then you need to drop down below it to make a 90 degree turn. It makes for a lot of unsightly bulkheads. We often, in modern construction, see floors made up of engineered wooden joists. These joists look like an I-beam with a 2x2 dimensional lumber end on the top and bottom and an OSB web filling to fill the space vertically. These are usually the lowest cost solution, but they're terrible from a fire safety perspective. And there's lobbying efforts from fire departments all over the nation to have these products removed from the approved materials in the building code. And then finally, there's dimensional lumber. This is the best product from a fire safety perspective, but they're definitely more expensive than the floor joists. Now in today's market, material pricing is often affected by volume. Turns out that the price for 16 foot lumber is the lowest cost for dimensional lumber and for joists. There's less demand for 14-foot lumber, and the price for 18-foot lumber is significantly more. So in the case of one project, we asked the architect and the structural engineer to insert flush supporting beams where needed to ensure that there was no span longer than 16 feet. That's an important dimension. Your lumber cost can nearly double when you go from 16-foot spans to 18-foot spans. And this may seem a little counterintuitive, but it's an important consideration when you're framing a house. We've also seen that the most popular lumber is getting the best pricing as lumber prices have fallen. That's one reason why the 14-foot lumber is more expensive than 16-foot lumber. The less popular material is not selling as quickly, and you're buying older stock that was put in inventory at a higher price. We've seen situations when 2x3 lumber and 2x4 lumber 
that you might use in an interior non-structural wall or as a partition, they're priced exactly the same. Comparison shopping and material substitution can save you a lot of money if you're paying attention. Too often, I see contractors send a list of materials for pricing and no efforts made to reduce the cost by material substitution. The second thing to consider is how to frame your building so you don't have any load transfer beams. Architects are capable of designing anything you want from a functional and aesthetic perspective. But if your load-bearing structural walls don't line up with each other, you can face mounting costs for those load transfer beams. Your two flush-mounted supporting beams can be extremely important when you're trying to create the large open spaces that are so popular in today's homes. So as you're developing your plans, you want to make sure that your plans are being developed in lockstep with material pricing considerations. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.